It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? This is Chris Russell. Good to have you aboard with us. Another edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast. And away we go as we get you set for the Washington Redskins and the Green Bay Packers. Coming up, we're going to chat with my buddy Doug Russell. No relation, same last name, I guess. Um, He is the host of a sports talk show on ESPN Milwaukee. And as well, the host of the pregame show on WTMJ and the Milwaukee Uh, And the Green Bay Packers, I should say, Radio Network, uh, a heritage station and a longtime pal of mine. So we are going to hear from Doug as he'll provide our eye on the enemy as we get you set for Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, and the Green Bay Packers hosting the Washington Redskins. As well, we'll hear from defensive coordinator Greg Minuski. Injury report from Thursday looking like this. Still, no Paul Richardson, still no Trey Quinn, who's still in concussion protocol. Everyone else was limited or full, with the exception of Adrian Peterson. He did not practice. Um, Again, dealing with the toe, same sort of thing happened last week, although he was limited on Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday. This week, he was full on Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday. So it just might be a pain management or a two-day-in-a-row type thing. If they do it this way, he can practice on Wednesday and Friday and then be ready for the game on Sunday. That's what my guess is. We have to dig a little bit deeper with Bill Callahan, who doesn't like to talk about injuries anyway. Uh, Did want to get to this real quickly before we again get to uh, Doug Russell and Greg Minuski. Trent Williams has done another interview, this time with Les Carpenter of the Washington Post. Uh, and it's a it's a pretty detailed one. Uh, Les traveled down to Houston to go meet with uh, Williams, who said that he reported to Redskins Park not just to cash a paycheck on the day of the trade deadline. He reported to play or to try and play if they could find him a helmet suitable. And, of course, he went off on the organization two days after reporting when he was not traded explained his side for the first time in detail. The team was understandably furious about that, and just about five or so days later, they put Trent Williams on the non-football injured list a full week before they had to make a decision on his roster exemption status, one that Trent Williams says he was prepared to play for the sake of his teammates if he could find a helmet, apparently interim Coach Bill Callahan, who was his position coach uh, on the offensive line, was helping him try to find one. Apparently, they ordered one, uh, and it was due to arrive at Redskins Park on Monday after the bye week. So this designation happened on Wednesday of the bye week. The helmet was supposed to arrive on Monday after the bye week. Williams was then 
expected to try and give it a practice run or a, a participate in practice on that following Wednesday, which was the day that the roster exemption expired. Again, a full week before that, the Redskins put him on non-football injured reserve, meaning they did not have to pay him and that his season was over. All total, Trent Williams has sacrificed, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 to 20 million dollars in terms of salary, prorated signing bonus and fines. Um to not ultimately play for the Redskins. And he's done several of these interviews, and I would just say this. He said some some interesting things in this one. You can tell he's still really upset. You can tell he's still really upset. He wanted only for the Redskins to have one year of control as opposed to two. I understand that. He is at that point now, we think, but we don't know. Because theoretically, by not playing, even though he reported, the contract should count for this year, but it's unclear. And theoretically, he should still only have one year left on his deal. However, however... The thing that we have to remember is the Redskins probably are going to argue that because he refused to play and because he failed a physical and because of the situation with extenuating circumstances that he has two years left. Either way, he probably has one. Maybe he has two. We don't know. But most importantly, what has to be sorted out now is whether he's going to be traded or not. And you say, well, wait a second. Of course he's going to be traded. And logic would tell you he's going to be traded. And I have a strong feeling that if there's a new general manager and a president of football operations, he will be traded. But if Bruce Allen is still on the job, is there a possibility, again, as we've asked before, that he doesn't get traded and he has to and he sits out again next year and we go through this entire show again? There is no guarantee that he gets traded. One thing that Trent Williams did say in this that I didn't like, quite honestly, he said about Bruce Allen, it just goes to show you how behind the times he is. He still tries to use that money to hold it over black athletes, end quote. So the Washington Post then took that quote to Bruce Allen, who called them, quote unquote, comical, and that Williams elected to stay away quote-unquote, elected to stay away from the Redskins' facility and that Williams himself used the description of having a non-football injury. He said, um, Allen did, that every player understands the consequences of the league having a specific fine structure. So this story is not going anywhere. Um, Trent Williams went further off and basically absolutely mauled Bruce Allen into the ground here. Uh, You know, you can read the whole article in the Washington Post. It's pretty cool. Uh, However, I would also say this. He might want to just stop talking because the more he talks and the more he criticizes and the more he verbally beats down, 
Bruce Allen and the Redskins, I think the more the Redskins dig in. And if Bruce Allen still has control and power, and maybe it won't take this, maybe if it's just Dan Snyder, maybe, just maybe, the Redskins will fight back one more time and not trade Trent Williams and be that stubborn. Just a suggestion. All right, I'm Chris Russell. When we return, Doug Russell, WTMJ Milwaukee, Packers Radio Network, and ESPN Milwaukee on Eye on the Enemy. All right, guys, it is Chris Russell here from my bookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Who doesn't want that? Between football season, NBA, the start of the college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline, guys, and get into the action with my bookie. If you like to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Once again, that's the promo code LOCKEDON to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Who could beat that? Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, once again, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. Let's get out to my pal Doug Russell. Again, WTMJ Packers Radio Network pregame host and as well ESPN Milwaukee nighttime host. Uh, Right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast, we caught up earlier this week to get a look at the Green Bay Packers. How are you, pal? I'm doing great, Rooster. What's going on, brother? Oh, you know, just doing the thing, getting ready for a big, big, big football <laughs> game. You know, I mean, these two teams are right on the same line, right? These, you know, both of them are surging towards the playoffs. Uh, all right, maybe one of them is, yeah, and that's your say, Are you looking at a different standings than I am? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, the Redskins still somehow mathematically, because the NFC East stinks, are still alive. But let's get to your football team. Uh, obviously, doing well atop the NFC Central, uh, NFC North, excuse me. Um, and I, I guess when you start with the Green Bay Packers, everybody starts with Aaron Rodgers. I'll get to Aaron Rodgers. To me, maybe I'm wrong, Doug. You tell me. It's been the addition of guys like Zedarius Smith and Preston Smith, who Redskins fans are more than all too familiar with, that have made a huge difference this year. Is that fair or wrong? No, that's fair. That's I mean, those two guys have been a breath of fresh air. And for so many years, uh, Ted Thompson would not go out and even dip his toe into free agency. Well, Ted's been gone for a couple of years now. Brian Gutekunst is the general manager. And he saw that they needed to upgrade, especially 
their rush linebackers because I think everybody liked Clay Matthews, but Clay Matthews was getting a little long in the tooth for an NFL player, at least an impact NFL player. He's now obviously a member of the L.A. Rams, but the Packers allowed him to walk. Nick Perry, when he was healthy, was a great player for the Packers since 2012 when he was first drafted as their first-round pick. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to stay on the field for any consistent length of time. So what Gutekunst went out and did was he identified two guys who happen to have the same last name. That sounds familiar. Uh, Zedaria Smith, <laughs> Preston Smith, and they've been the Smith brothers. They're right. not related, but they've known each other since they've been in the NFL. Actually, even before that, they both played in the SEC, so I guess mm-hmm. they, they have that connection as well. Uh, they do all of their post-game interviews together. They do all of their – actually, they do all of their media together, standing next to each other. And uh, they have been just a breath of fresh air. I was commenting on my show last night that uh, when you walk into the Packers locker room and you turn left, you're used to seeing Clay Matthews' locker there. Now you see that Smiths have set up shop. And so we go to the same place. It's just uh, a different guy, a, a couple of different personalities, but their play on the field and their presence in the locker room, they've made, that's made the entire uh, the whole difference, especially for the personality of the Packers' defense this year as well. Aaron's still there, had a birthday this week. He's now 36. The window's starting to close, but they had to make some uh, improvements on defense, and that's exactly what Brian Gutekunst went out and did this, uh, this past offseason. Doug Russell, ESPN Milwaukee, and the WTMJ Packers Radio Network pregame with us. Uh, specifically on Preston Smith, the one that Redskins fans were so frustrated by, I would always argue, hey, you know what? This guy really developed as a good run stuffer and a guy who wasn't um, getting as much credit for that and also a guy who, even though he wouldn't generate a ton of sacks, was constantly putting pressure. I think Pro Football Focus had him at 55 or 56 quarterback pressures last year, which is a pretty fair amount. Not not out of this world, but a pretty good amount. Is he? I know he's generating the sack numbers, but the rest of his game, is he playing an all-around game, or has he lost something there in exchange for getting home a little bit more? I think that what he's been able to do, and double-digit sacks, look, I mean, that's something the Packers fans are not used to and haven't been used to for a while since Clay Matthews was really in his prime. So that's something that has set the defense up you know, on a whole different level. They had three interceptions last week. Granted, it was against the Giants. Granted, it was against a rookie quarterback in Daniel Jones. But just the ability to put pressure on the quarterback, even if you can't get the quarterback down, what Preston Smith has been able to do, to your first point there, Chris, is that he's been able to put pressure on the passer, and that's how the Packers have been able to win games. They've been uh, not only putting pressure on the quarterback, but that forces quarterbacks into making poor throws at times, and that's what's led to kind of the resurgence of the Packers' defensive secondary, which still gives up too many plays, big plays, but what we've seen previously to this season is that they were just getting picked apart for however long the defense was on the field. That's not the case this year. Guys like Kevin King, Jair Alexander, especially early in the season, they were getting uh, not only breaking up passes, but getting interceptions that they weren't getting in previous years as well. The Packers could have had six interceptions against Daniel Jones on Sunday. Uh, They wound up with three of them, but still, it's because guys like Preston Smith have been able to put pressure on the quarterback. Still a good run stuffer. Uh, I don't know that he's lost a lot in that sense, but uh, the Packers still do have problems at times stopping the run. Preston Smith has a part of that. But what he's doing in the passing game, uh, the pass defense game, 
to me, makes up for that. I don't know if that's a universal thought, but to me, I think it makes up for it. Doug Russell at ESPN Milwaukee. You can listen to him at night and as well the WTMJ Packers Radio Network uh, pregame, my longtime pal. Good to have him aboard with us as we get ready for the Redskins and the Packers. Uh, So let's flip the script on the other side because, I mean, I I can ask you all sorts of questions about the defense, but we would leave no room for Aaron. Another set of twins, I'll put that in quotes, Aaron and Aaron, uh, we like we had the Smith brothers on uh, on defense. Now we have the Aaron and Aaron show. Uh, let's start with Aaron Rodgers and his relationship with Matt Lafleur. I covered Matt for four years here as a young quarterbacks coach. I always thought he was, uh, you know, a great guy, good young coach, very easy to talk to, very relatable to today's athlete. There was all sorts of friction between Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. Things went sour. How has that relationship evolved? I assume it's a lot better because they're winning, but I would also assume that they're winning partly because that relationship is evolving in a positive way. Yeah, the ch- you know, why did the chicken cross the road, right? Right. Um, I, look, I, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I, I'm not sure. Winning cures everything in sports. It's not just football, and that's, uh, I think, something that's true uh, around the world. But, I mean, it was a big question mark. I think you and I might have even talked about it before the season began mm-hmm. uh, when I was trying to get a little more intel on Matt LaFleur, someone uh, who had, as you said, covered him for four seasons uh, with the Washington Redskins. But it's been an, uh, an evolving relationship, and certainly I don't know that it was uh, a relationship that automatically was fine because Aaron, at this stage of his career, he's kind of become the grumpy old man of the National Football League. But as they have won and as they started to stack success, that relationship has grown. I think the relationship is fine. I think even when they lose, even when they have uh, games that they didn't play well in, you see a guy like Matt LaFleur saying, you know what, that's on me. I didn't stick with the game plan. That's what he said against the Chargers after the Packers got thumped in Los Angeles. Then uh, just a couple of weeks ago when they got beaten up on Sunday Night Football in San Francisco, Matt LaFleur took the heat for that as well. And I think Aaron Rodgers responds to that. He respects that. And that's one of the reasons that the relationship has flourished this season as well. Uh, they're close to the same age. I didn't know how that was going to go because there's a thought uh, that Aaron Rodgers doesn't necessarily want to be coached. He wants to be affirmed. And I think that if you challenge him, but if you you know, show him a reason to respect you, he will respond to being challenged and that's something that Mike McCarthy didn't necessarily do well with Aaron Rodgers it was a relationship that had run its course Mm -hmm. and what you're seeing right now is a good young offensive mind with one of still the best quarterbacks in the NFL and and that's why that relationship is flourishing right now and Aaron Jones uh, you know I I know they have a physical you know every every team has a couple of running backs that you can lean on and depend on and obviously the the Redskins are, are, are going with the combo of Darius Geis and Adrian and Peterson, uh, but Aaron Jones specifically, can he take over a game largely on his own because of the kind of athlete he is, or is that too much, and do they use him properly in your eyes? They don't always use him properly. I think that when they use him and and split him out and and can use him in the slot or as as a wide receiver even, um, you've seen him really kind of develop his own game uh, out of the backfield in that sense. As a running back, I don't know that he's ever going to take over a game per mm-hmm. se. Certainly he didn't against the Giants. He was bottled up, uh, only a 1.6 yards per carry average, 11 right. carries for 18 yards. So they can bottle him up if they concentrate on him. 
Um, I, I like the one-two punch that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams have back mm-hmm. there, and they're the best of friends. Those guys are great together. But, um, you know, I think Aaron Jones is, is developing as an NFL running back, but I don't know that he's in that category that he can take over a game quite yet. Um, that and that's a good answer. I'm glad you, I'm glad you pointed that out because maybe there's an opportunity for the Redskins to at least control that uh, if they say bottle him up. Uh, and and obviously you mentioned the complimentary back, like again the Redskins have and Aaron Rodgers. We know that. Who else can hurt you, Alan Lazard? Uh, tight ends. I mean, uh, you know, I, I guess what they called a, a tight end audible last week, and Mercedes Lewis called one. Who else can hurt you, or who else do you think the Redskins really have to fear? Yeah, I would say Alan Lazard. He's the one who's kind of been stepping up because when you look at the Packers' wide receivers, I thought that Geronimo Allison, who was on pace for a 1,000-yard season a year ago before he got injured uh, and was lost for the rest of the year, I thought that he would come back not only healthy but hungry. He's had a case of the dropsies this year. He's had mm-hmm. a terribly disappointing year. So then I thought a guy like Marquez Valdez-Scantling would step up right. in his second year and make that next leap, and he hasn't been able to do that. So then there was a guy, Alan Lazard, who'd been kicking around on the practice squad. Uh, this is his second season in, in the Green Bay system. It's first full season, but... He's a guy that's quiet. He's a guy that goes out and he works. He's a guy that uh, studies the playbook, and he's earned Aaron Rodgers' trust. And caught only three catches last week, but he also caught them for 103 yards, including a long touchdown. So Alan Lazard is a guy who has good hands, who runs good routes. I don't think he's ever going to be a Pro Bowl caliber player, but he's got a big body, good hands, has earned the trust of the quarterback. And in Green Bay, as long as Aaron Rodgers is the guy under center, I think that's not only half the battle, I think that's about 80% of the battle. So Alan Lazard, I would say, is the guy that the Redskins should probably not lose sight of when he's on the field. My man, Doug Russell. Always good to have you on, pal. Appreciate the insight, the knowledge. Um, you know, maybe we'll get a little snowball like the Packers did at MetLife Stadium, somewhat surprisingly, <laughs> on Sunday. You know how to clear the field, though. That's, I think that's the difference. I don't know what they were doing. And they didn't well, snow not, after the they're second not quarter, as used yet they to still it. snow on the field. They're not as used to it as they are in Green Bay, right? That won't be a problem it's this New Sunday, York. right? Come on. <laughs> it's not Green Bay, pal. It's not Green Bay. Always great to catch up with you, uh, my friend. Uh, appreciate it as always, and we'll talk to you real soon. Happy holidays uh, to you and everybody out there, all right? Uh, Same to you, Chris. Always great to be on with you. Thanks so much. All right, once again, that's Doug Russell, WTMJ, Milwaukee, Packers Radio Network pregame, and ESPN Milwaukee. We'll come back, finish it up with Greg Minuski, Redskins defensive coordinator, meeting with the media on Thursday. All right, guys, it is Chris Russell here from MyBookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well you could choose any game and call it? Well, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Who doesn't want that? Between football season, NBA, the start of the college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline, guys, and get into the action with my bookie. If you like to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Once again, that's the promo code LOCKEDON to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Who could beat that? Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And once again, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. We wrap up the Locked On Redskins podcast with Redskins defensive coordinator, Greg Minuski. I feel like just a couple weeks ago we were talking about Montez Sweat and only having two sacks, and now he has five. What's kind of clicked for him? Oh, I just think overall, a lot of those young players get to grow over a season and, uh, you know, the start and to the finish. So, uh, you know, just uh, seeing those looks, you know, getting off on the ball and doing what he can. Um, you know, he had a good game and uh, we're expecting bigger things uh, throughout the whole season. Is there an element of his, like the pass rush game that he's particularly adapted to well over the course of the year? Well, I think uh, the biggest thing that, uh, that he has is he has that length. You know, when he uses it, and when he uses it, good things happen. And uh, he did try to use it on uh, on Sunday, so we're happy that he did. Are you surprised by what you saw from Nate Orchard the other day? Uh, yeah, I mean, coming off the street, I remember him coming out of Utah a couple of years back. But uh, overall, uh, you know, I thought he was a good football player then. And uh, I was surprised uh, for him and Odom, you know, both of them, going out there and showing uh, – so I want a good pass rush against uh, the tackles and then sometimes the guards. What, what stood out about what he was able to do? Just Well, just learning the system. I mean, there's a lot of calls, and we got a decent amount of calls across the board from the sub uh, to the base. And I think uh, overall, you know, he had 30-plus plays. And uh, for both guys, it's pretty amazing to come off the street and then play like they did. Happy for him. I know typically your philosophy is to stop the run first and make teams one-dimensional. Is that still viable against Aaron Rodgers? Oh, definitely. I mean, any time that uh, you're playing a National Football League, you always got to stop the run. You know, we did a good job Sunday, you know, stopping uh, number 22. But, uh, you know, we got to do the same thing against this team. And then they have a very good quarterback to take the balls down the field, you know, quick throws, and he does a great job. So he's a Hall of Famer. What is it about Fabian's skill set that works so much better on the outside? Uh, sometimes, you know, with, uh, with Nickelback, sometimes they feel like uh, they're in a whole bunch of space. Uh, maybe when they're on the sidelines and <clears throat> on the outside, they use the sidelines as their uh, objective to know they, you know that they have somebody else, in essence, outside of them. But, uh, you know, overall, he's been playing well on the outside. Looking forward to uh, him on the matchups this week. Greg, in both the Lions and the Panthers game, there were adjustments that you made to minimize what the opposing offenses were doing. Um, can you walk us through some of the things that, that you changed? Because tangibly they had those two touchdown drives, but then after that you pretty much Yeah, I think uh, we changed up a little bit, but I think overall, you know, when any drive start or any start of a, of a drive for any offense, if they have a, a defensively, if it's a big play and or a penalty, it usually leads to scores, you know, overall. And uh, I know in those in the first drive we had a long ball and we had a penalty. So, you know, we got to make sure that we don't have those penalties and we don't have those long balls going over our head. And uh, you know that's what Aaron Rodgers is probably the best at in the National Football League. What did you make of Ryan Anderson's ejection? Is there anything you can maybe teach him in that moment? Uh, 
You know, it's so hard right now, you know what I'm saying, with uh, guys ducking and, uh, you know what I'm saying, but uh, the biggest thing is try to keep your head up and your face, you know, try to hit them with your face mask as best you can. I think that was the rule even when I was playing. You try to try to just hit them with your face mask and probably might not get the penalty, and sometimes he might because he did hit him in the head. Uh, Jimmy Moreland got uh, thrown in right off the bat this season, and then he's kind of uh, become a bigger part of the defense over the last couple of weeks. What's the thing that's sort of stood out to you the most about his development throughout this uh, season? Uh, I think just overall, just understanding that nickelback position because that's probably the hardest position to play on any team. Uh, you know, they got different calls inside, and you got route combinations where you're on probably one of the quicker cats and in a wide receiver position. So, uh, you know, Jimmy does a great job of uh, keeping his weight down. Uh, in, in essence, to play in, and, and he has that quickness and speed uh, to catch up to players. But um, I'm, I'm happy with what he's been doing over the last couple of weeks, and I uh, hopefully he'll be doing the same thing on Sunday. How do you get ready for Rodgers' uh, snap count, how he draws you off sides? Uh, he's one of the best, you know. He, he just does a great job of, uh, you know, getting people to uh, jump off sides, you know, and, and taking shots down the field. Biggest thing is uh, if we do, uh, go off sides, which I hope we don't. Um, we got to make sure we still cover on the back end because he's going to throw the ball up the field. So, uh, you know, he's just uh, very proficient at doing it. And uh, we just make sure that, you know, uh, we did a during practice today and yesterday. So we got to make sure we listen to the and actually see the ball being snapped. Been a few weeks now with uh, Josh Norman moved to the bench. How do you feel the young secondary, even beyond Fabian, is doing as a group? And how's that going in meeting rooms, locker rooms, that sort of stuff? Uh, it's going good. You know, I just, you know, we're just focusing on the opponent that we have from week to week and uh, with the matchups that we're going to have. Uh, you know, overall, uh, you know, Josh has been great, you know, in the meeting rooms and, and out in the practice field. But, um, you know, overall, uh, it's just been a situation where we're just trying to learn from what, you know, we're seeing on film and then trying to take it to the field and produce out there on Sundays. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Packers Redskins coming up at 1. Don't forget to check out me on Twitter, at WrestleMania621, the podcast, at Locked Redskins, the network, at Locked on NFL Net, and as well, you can check out my Redskins coverage on 106.7 The Fan, the radio.com app, and at si.com slash NFL slash Redskins. Have a great weekend. See you back here on Sunday night into Monday morning on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.